name is Patrick McGillivray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, sports nutritionist, master life coach, and weight loss coach for runners. I've dedicated my life to helping runners just like you properly fuel your body and your mind so you can get leaner, get stronger, run faster, and run longer than you ever thought possible. This is Running Lean. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode 71 of Running Lean. My name is Patrick McGillivray, the weight loss coach for runners, and today I'm talking about zero-carb marathon training. What the heck is this all about? Well, recently I decided to try a little experiment, a little nutrition experiment on myself. I trained for a marathon, or at least, you know, did the a good portion of my training while following a basically a zero carb diet. And then I ran that marathon without carb loading, without the use of any fuel at all. And why would I do this? Why would anybody do this? How did the training go? How was the race? Did I crash and burn? Is this something you should consider trying for yourself? Well, in this episode of the Running Lean Podcast, I answer all of those questions. I'm gonna share my, my results of this experiment, and um, I'll talk about what it was like to train for a marathon and then run that marathon without the use of carbohydrates as fuel. So that is all coming up shortly. If you have not already checked us out on Facebook, you need to come join us. Join the Running Lean podcast community over on Facebook. It's a group of runners who share similar goals, who encourage, support, and motivate each other to reach goals, to um, accomplish things they maybe feel like are hard for them, to stick to it when they don't feel like it. It's a cool community of people that is um, just there for each other, and we can lean on each other, okay? So if you want a little bit of inspiration, you want a little motivation, you want a little support, encouragement, come and join the Running Lean community on Facebook. We have fun. We do. We laugh. We have fun. Here's another five-star review of the Running Lean podcast. This is from Time to Change 71. And they said, life-changing podcast. I've been listening to all the episodes many, several times, and they're so motivating and so informational. Thank you very much. Time to change, 71. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you could just take a moment and leave a five-star review. Um, it's a way of just saying, hey, thanks, Patrick. I appreciate what you're doing here. And it helps other people to kind of find the show. So whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever, um, definitely uh, leave a review if you can. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And then here, listen, I know I talk a lot about diet, nutrition, weight loss, and um, all, all of these things, you know, running without carbs, becoming fat adapted, and all this stuff, and it can probably seem a little overwhelming. And I get it, I totally understand. Um, and I got you covered too, you know, as a coach, this is what I do every day is I help people make sense of all this. I help you apply these principles to your own weight loss or running journey, whatever your goals are. Listen, we're all different. We all have different body types, metabolisms, different goals, different likes and dislikes. There's not one approach that works for everyone. And what I'm talking about today, this whole zero carb training thing, this is not for everyone, okay? It's just something I was 
uh, playing around with, and I'm going to share that whole experience with you. I think you might find it kind of interesting. But if there was one thing that works perfectly for everyone, we wouldn't be having these conversations. You know, there would just be one thing that we all did, but it doesn't work that way. So with coaching, what I do is I work with you to come up with a, um, a plan that works for you based on your metabolic profile, based on your health and fitness goals, based on your likes and dislikes. And then we put together uh, something that is tailored to help you reach your goals, okay? And this isn't just about losing weight. It's not just about diet. This is about becoming the healthiest human being that you can possibly be physically, mentally, emotionally. You know, I work with runners who are tired of gaining and losing the same 20 pounds over and over again. I work with runners who are maybe already pretty fit, but need help dropping those last 10 or 15 pounds so they can run lighter and faster. Maybe they want to qualify for Boston. I even work with people who aren't really runners. They want to lose, you know, 50 or 100 pounds and they can't run, but they want to be a runner. They desire to turn their life around and become a healthy person who, who could be a runner. They want to become a runner. They've wanted to their whole life to be a runner, but they need to lose this weight in order to get there. So whatever your health and fitness goals, I'm here for you. I'm here to be your guide, to show you the way, to help you to become the most badass version of yourself. To learn more and apply for coaching, just go to runningleanpodcast.com forward slash apply. And I'll see you over there. All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> Zero carb marathon training. What did I do and why did I do this? So first of all, what I did was I adopted basically a zero carb diet. And uh, some people would call this like the carnivore diet, okay? So I was not eating plants. I was eating basically just animal-based uh, foods. So meat, eggs, cheese, um, you know, some dairy, but really no plants at all, okay? So it wasn't really like zero carbs, like you really can't do that. I mean, eggs have a couple of grams of carbs in there. I guess you could eat just like steaks or something like that, but I didn't really want to do that. So this is a basically a very, very, very low, almost zero carb diet. And I, I'm, my goal was to do this for uh, 30 days or so. And I decided to do this during the last part of my marathon training. So before I, uh, you know, I had all these long runs scheduled and I wanted to see how it would affect my training, okay? So why would somebody do this? Why did I choose to do this? Well, I study nutrition all the time and I've heard lots and lots of studies that show how um, eating plants can be somewhat uh, toxic for human beings. Like plants have these built-in defense mechanisms, okay? So like plants can't really run away so in order for them to defend themselves against predators, meaning animals that would eat them, they make it hard for animals to digest them. So a lot of um, plants are, are not edible, right? And a lot of plants are very hard to, to digest for a lot of animals. The, um, the fiber content in a lot of plants gets passed through the human's uh, digestive system right? So we talk about, oh, you want, you want, get your fiber, eat a bunch of plants, right? And you'll get all this fiber. 
So there are some animals that have ad adapted to um, eating a lot of plants. You know, there's, there's uh, animals like, you know, uh, elephants and uh, gorillas who are very well adapted to eating um, nothing but plants, eat a lot of grasses and things like that. Um, we cannot eat that, that kind of stuff solely. It's very, very difficult for, for humans to digest that stuff. Our stomachs just don't work that way. Some of these animals have uh, developed ways of making plant materials more easily digestible. For example, birds have this thing called a crop where they eat like seeds and they sort of store them, seeds and grains and things like that, and they store them in this little pouch in their like throat sort of. And in this little pouch, these grains or seeds will sort of ferment and sort of sprout a little bit and they become more easily digestible for some of these birds that have this crop, okay? So the nutrients from the plants are less toxic and then more bioavailable. Some of the toxic traits of plants would be things like lectins, um, uh, gluten from wheat. Th th these are the kinds of things, oxalates, these are the kinds of things that make it kind of difficult for humans to digest some plants, okay? Um, also, nutrient absorption from plants is much lower than nutrient absorption from animal-based foods, all right? So, uh, you know, when you're eating something that's um, high in fiber, you're not going to uh, extract all the nutrients from that high fiber uh, food because a lot of that is actually just gonna get passed through you undigested, okay? With animal sources of food like meat and eggs and, and some dairy, um, our bodies are really able to pull all the nutrients out of that very easily because there's nothing blocking that process from happening, right? There is in plants, but not in animal-based foods, okay? Also, plant proteins are basically, they are inferior to animal-based proteins. Plant proteins are great for growing plants. You know, if you wanna build plants, plant proteins are perfect for that. Animal proteins are designed for growing animals. And um, I'm not trying to say like plant proteins are bad. I'm just saying that they are not complete proteins. They don't have all the amino acids that you need and you have to combine them with other types of proteins in order to, to make it actually work. And there's people that do this and they have great results with that, whatever. But then animal-based proteins are complete proteins and they're kind of the proteins that humans have been uh, eating for millions of years and we've uh, you know, evolved eating these things. And we're very, very good at using animal proteins to, to build strong muscles and connective tissues and things like that. So they're great for building humans. So I've been reading all these books, listening to all these experts, sharing all these amazing results from, you know, going in more of like a carnivorous direction, like eating more of a carnivorous diet, okay, sticking with mainly just animal uh, foods. And I thought, okay, I just want to see what this is all about. I just want to see if this will it will make any significant changes in how I feel, in my running performance, like is this all it's cracked up to be? Is this a better way to go? Can you even 
run, you know, 20 miles or run a marathon without eating any carbs at all. So these are some of the reasons why I did this. And these are some of the questions that I wanted to, to answer and just kind of find out for myself. So what did I eat? Mostly just, you know, meat, eggs, cheese, and dairy. So I just skipped veggies basically. Okay. So no big salad. I know I love my big salad and I just stopped eating that. Um, and, uh, and stuck to a very high protein and, and, uh, diet of just, you know, a few basic food groups. Now the types of meats I would eat, well, I was eating ground beef and steak and pork and, uh, you know, uh, fish, salmon, um, chicken. So I was eating a really wide variety of meats, um, eggs, a bunch of different ways, some cheese here and there, but not a ton. And then some dairy, a little full fat Greek yogurt, maybe some sour cream, but, uh, not a ton of dairy either. Okay. So mostly the focus was on meat and eggs, you know, for, and like fish for the most part. So one disclaimer, I need to say this here. It's almost impossible to eat zero carbs. Like there are carbs in eggs, there's carbs in cheese and dairy and things like that. So um, it really wasn't zero carbs, it was basically zero carbs, okay? So um, for all intents and purposes, it was around, you know, my my daily net carbs on uh, uh, eating a low carb uh, diet, the way I have been eating for the past, you know, a year, a year and a half or whatever, uh, typically my net carbs are somewhere around 30, 40 grams a day, maybe less some days. And my daily net carbs on carnivore were like seven or nine grams total, you know, and this is just from a couple of eggs, uh, and, um, a couple of grams of carbs that you get from eating eggs and some, some dairy. So, but this is about as low as I could get them. Um, like I said before, like you could eat nothing but meat, but that just didn't really appeal to me. So, you know, these fine, tiny few little carbs were okay. No big deal. Okay. So that's what I was eating. Um, and uh, so how did my training go? Well, I got to tell you, I felt pretty darn good. I just kind of stick stuck to my same running schedule, uh, my same uh, workouts. You know, I was running three times a week. Um, you know, I start, you know, I got into the longer 16, 18, 20, 22 miles uh, runs and, um, really was running fine. Like I never ran out of gas. I had plenty of energy. I was doing my weightlifting twice a week. Um, and I didn't really notice any changes really. Okay. So I went from, you know, maybe 20 to 50 grams of carbs a day to like, you know, seven to nine and really didn't make much of a difference at all. I'm already a very efficient fat burner. So I'm using fat as energy uh, pretty much all the time. So as an efficient fat burner, as a, as a um, well-established fat-adapted runner, this was not a big transition for me. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, I have to say this because I did not train to run a fast marathon, all right? Um, and you'll know why I say this in a minute when I talk about the actual race. Um, I was not training to run a hard, fast marathon. For the last several years, I've sort of backed off of like running hard and fast. I've just been like, I had it, I've had this mindset that I'm just going to run slow. 
Like I'm a slow runner. The last time I ran a hard marathon was, I think it was like 2016 or 2017. So we're talking like four or five years ago. And, and I had a terrible couple of outings. I remember having a terrible spring marathon and then a terrible 50K that I did about a month later. And I was just like, screw all this. I hate marathons. Um, I, I, this is too hard. I don't want to, I don't need to run fast anymore. In fact, I'm not even going to do marathons or ultras. I'm just going to stick to like half marathons. And I sort of quit on myself, right? And so for the last five years, I've been sort of like, um, you know, uh, I backed off of running hard and running fast and trying to hit some kind of time goal. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to run and just, you know, get it done and enjoy myself, finish strong, that kind of, that kind of goal for my races. And, and, um, and that's been my MO, right? Even even through last year, you know, I ran a marathon and a 50K last year, but I didn't like push the pace. It was just kind of like a, you know, uh, uh, casual, I guess, you know, kind of uh, effort, right? Easy effort. So um, this is the way I was training. I was training to do a easy effort marathon, all right? So a <laughs> little foreshadowing. You'll, <laughs> you'll know why I'm talking about this in a minute. Okay, now I want to talk about fiber a little bit, okay? And I'm actually going to talk about poop for just a second. So if you're eating right now, you may want to like take a break or something like that. But here's the thing. I've heard uh, a lot of people talking about how if you stop eating fiber, this is going to be a big problem for you. You're just going to become constipated. You're, you're never going to poop again. You have to eat fiber or this is going to be a problem. So I was like fully expecting to like not poop for a week or something, right? And this is gonna be a big problem for me, okay? So I stopped eating plants, I stopped eating fiber, so I'm eating a zero fiber diet at this point, right? And up to this point, I've been super regular. I'm a once a day pooper, I'm very consistent. It's all good, no no issues there. And then I have to say that um, I really enjoyed pooping on the carnivore diet. <laughs> like it was fine. I did not have any issues at all, no constipation. Um, I was still completely regular, you know, once a day, same like, like always, but the poops were maybe a little smaller and a little more dense, okay? And this is actually a good thing because here's what's happening. The animal-based foods that I was eating are much more nutrient-dense. And since there's no fiber to like bulk up the stool, you are actually absorbing more of the nutrients from the foods you're eating. So it means that your poops are generally a little smaller and a little denser. So for me, my experience, and a lot of people have this very same experience, no fiber is no problem, okay? Um, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about fiber out there. Now, obviously, everybody has to like experiment with this, but fiber, I believe, is kind of overrated. So people say like, oh, if you're, if you're constipated, you need more fiber, eat more fiber, eat more fiber. Well, think about it like this. If you're sitting in a traffic jam, the last thing you wanna do is add more cars to that traffic jam. And that's what it's like if you're constipated to add more fiber. You're adding more of the thing that's kind of blocking you up in the first place, okay? So without having all this fiber to kind of block things up, 
things tend to just move very, very easily through the system. This is my experience and a lot of people have the same experience, okay? So this part of the experiment, I will say was a huge success and I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed um, my, um, my poops on the carnivore diet. Okay, so I'm done talking about poop. I just want you guys to all know that it was not an issue. Okay, so what about uh, vitamins and minerals? What about all those um, vitamins that you get from from eating, you know, vegetables? And don't you need all the micronutrients? And again, the um, the anim the animal based sources of of macronutrients, so fat and protein contain all of the nutrients that we need to be uh, to be healthy and to grow uh, a healthy human being, okay? So all the fat and protein we need is contained in animal-based uh, foods. Also, so is the vitamins and minerals, and they are much more bioavailable to the human body. There's nothing blocking their absorption like there is in plants, okay? So um, you get more nutrients out of the food you eat when you're eating animal-based foods. You just do. Your body is able to absorb more of the nutrients out of the food. So let's say you know, you're eating um, some liver. Now, I, I don't eat really organ meats. I just don't like them. You know, but liver is just such a great source of all kinds of uh, vitamins, like vitamin C and um, iron, right? And if you eat a bunch of spinach, you're, you know, the the iron content or the the vitamin C content of that spinach, you know, you're going to get some of those nutrients from that, some of those vitamins and minerals, but not as much as you would from eating liver, because again, the plants are going to pass through you a lot of that undigested, right? So just know that you can get everything you need from eating um, uh, animal-based uh, foods only, okay? So that wasn't really a concern at all. I wasn't really worried about that at all. And I felt great this whole time. I didn't have any lack of energy. I didn't have any nutrient deficiencies that I could really tell. Um, so, um, so that was all good. All right, so race week. Here's here's what I decided to do um, the week of the race. So um, about a week out, a week before the marathon, I made a decision that I was going to shoot for a time goal. Now, this is what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I really wasn't training to run a hard or fast marathon. But then I decided about a week out, I'm going to like push the pace. I'm going to run this thing hard. I'm going to give it everything I got. And um, so this was a little bit of a concern of mine because I hadn't trained to run a hard and fast marathon. Yet at the last minute, I'm like, hey, I think I'm going to run a hard and fast marathon. This is not recommended, by the way. I don't think this is <laughs> the way we should do things, okay? So diet and nutrition, definitely a big part of the equation. If you want to run a successful marathon, you have got to dial in your diet and nutrition. It's so important. You got to, you know, train um, 
eating the right kinds of foods and train, you know, fueling yourself properly, okay? Whether that's eating fat, you know, a lot of fat and protein and, and being fat adapted or eating a lot of carbs, whatever you want to do. And listen, there's no right or wrong answer here. This is all good. You can do whatever you want. Um, I'm just giving you a different, different way of doing things here. Um, so diet and nutrition, definitely a big part of the equation, but also specificity of training. This is a critical component of any type of physical uh, endurance activity. Like you have to train for the type of race you're gonna run. So if you wanna run a fast 5K, you have gotta train, you gotta run fast for that distance. You know, you got to train doing that. If you want to run a fast marathon, you got to do some fast, long runs. Like there's, there's just no way around it, right? I didn't do that. All right. So <laughs> I'd been doing my long runs like around a 930-ish pace or something like that, you know, which is okay. And that was, so anyway, so that was kind of the, the goal that I was shooting for was, all right, maybe I can just maintain like a 930-ish pace, for this marathon. Um, not something I had really been planning on, so um, I just wanted to see what I could do. So here was the goal. The goal was to run a 410 to 415 marathon, somewhere in that range. So, you know, um, that was the, the goal that I decided on at the last minute, and that was what I was going to shoot for, and just see what could I do? What could I do? Zero carbs, what could I do? So now, normally, when I um, even running like and training low carb, like I like I have been for the past you know year and a half or so, I will add in some strategic carbs, you know, the day or two leading up to a race. You know, sweet potatoes, uh, rice, you know, um, quinoa, oats, things like that, just to like build up a little bit of uh, glycogen stores. And um, so you got a little extra fuel in the tank for uh, a marathon or whatever. But this time I decided not to do that at all. So no carb loading, not even one piece of rice, not even a sweet potato, nothing. So I just was eating the same animal-based foods, you know, I think the night before I had, you know, a, a steak or some chicken or something like that. And, and that was it, no veggies. So no carb loading, and, um, and, and this was a big part of my experiment, which is can I run a hard and fast marathon using just my own body fat as fuel? Basically having no glycogen stored up, extra glycogen stored up in the muscles, just whatever my body naturally produces. And our bodies produce, our liver actually produces um, uh, glycogen, you know, glucose, and, and it gets stored in our muscles. So we have all the sort of like sugar fuel that we need, and it just naturally gets produced. So I wasn't too worried about that part. But I'm so well fat adapted that I wasn't really too concerned about that. But can I, you know, train for this marathon and then run a hard and fast marathon using just my own body fat as fuel? Would this be a success or would I totally crash and burn? So the goal, 410 to 415, that was my time goal. And I really wanted to finish feeling strong. I didn't wanna be like dying at the end of this thing. So to me, that was uh, also a big part of this. I wanted to finish feeling strong, feeling good. Okay, race day comes, right? Saturday, uh, last Saturday, the morning of, I do coffee as usual. 
Um, and then I considered taking, I have these Muir energy gels, which are very clean, slow burning fuel. They're made for people that do low carb. They're not super sugary. They, they use like blackstrap molasses and sweet potatoes in the, in the energy packets. And, um, there's just like four ingredients and they're, they're awesome. So I considered taking one with me and like sticking it in my pocket just in case I needed it. And then as I was getting ready and drinking my coffee in the morning, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to bring this with me. I'm going to leave it at home. So I'm just going to do this thing like naked. I'm not even going to bring, you know, uh, uh, something, you know, as a backup, just in case things go south. No, I was confident. I was super confident, right? So I do all my long runs fasted. I don't eat beforehand. I don't eat during, so I don't take in any calories. I just drink water and electrolytes. And I use that element uh, uh, recharge uh, by Elemental Labs. It's just a powdered drink that you can um, add to water and you can find it at uh, drinklmnt.com. Because people ask me all the time, what do you use for electrolytes? So that's the stuff I, I recommend to people. Um, so I, I just brought that with me and, and, and I used that only, right? Water and electrolytes. Okay. So the first half of the race, the first 13 miles I ran comfortably hard. Like I had that 930, 940-ish pace, something like that. And I, um, maybe a little slower than that. And I, uh, uh, was running comfortably hard. Now, the reason I say maybe a little slower than that, because my watch died around mile five. I have an Apple watch. I use this for all my long runs. Uh, it works great uh, for the most part. I've had the battery die like during my uh, 50K, but I thought this is only going to be about four hours. It should be fine. No, it wasn't. <laughs> mile five, my watch just stopped working. No more GPS. I had no idea how far I was going. I didn't know what my pace was. I had a vague idea of what my time was, but that was just vague. So I was just kind of running blind. So I don't even know like uh, what my what my pace was. I can't tell you what my splits were or anything like that. So I'm a little bummed out about that because I really wanted the data for this race. So I had to do this all by feel. I was running on feel. I was running on how did this feel to me? You know, we've got that um, rate of perceived exertion scale, that RPE of like zero to 10, like, you know, running like a three, four is pretty easy pace. And then running like a five, six is harder, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what I was kind of using in my brain just to like, Am I running fast? Felt like it. Yeah. Okay. So first half, comfortably hard. So I was, you know, trying to aim for that, you know, 930-ish pace or whatever. I have no idea where I was. It's probably slower than that. And then I felt great at the halfway point. So I was like, okay, I'm going to pick this up a little bit. I'm going to make the second half uncomfortably hard. So I'm going to run the next two hours uncomfortably hard. And, and that's what I did. I set out to, uh, with a faster pace, I picked it up and that rate of perceived uh, exertion, I kicked it up a, a notch or two. And um, I was just like, let's see how long I can keep this up. And I gotta tell you, I felt pretty good. I never felt out of gas. I always had plenty of energy in the tank, like, but those last few miles were tough. Those last few miles, my legs were feeling pretty beat up. 
I was getting pretty sore and tired. And this is where the specificity of training would have helped me a lot because <laughs> I didn't really plan and train to run a fast, hard marathon. I, I planned and, and trained to run a nice, easy, casual marathon. But I pushed through the pain. I pushed through that feeling of like, I'm getting a little tired here. And I just kept going and I finished feeling super strong. I finished feeling amazing. And um, really the last half mile, I just was like, not sprinting, but I was running pretty hard and it felt so good. I literally had no idea what my time was. I crossed the finish line and this was a timed race. You know, we had a timing system and everything like that. So chip times. So I didn't know what my, my time was. Um, and, uh, you know, we could log into a website and, you know, after, after about a minute or two, and then we could see where our time was Four sixteen was my time. This is like almost exactly what I wanted to do. I felt so damn proud of myself because I like was so close to my projected finish time without even having a, a clue what my time was while I was running. So the fact that my watch wasn't working and that I hadn't trained really for this kind of thing um, is a testament to me being pretty fit, um, a pretty efficient runner these days and running only on fat as fuel, like not having any carbs for my training, not having any carbs the day before. Um, I did not crash and burn. I finished feeling strong and I was so close to my time. I was so ecstatic with that performance, really. This is like the first time in five years or so that I set out to run a hard marathon and it was a big success. I felt super, super good about this. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to tell you that uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, talk about, you know, running and, and having to, you know, fuel up on all the carbs and carbo load to run and things like that. And um, it's just I think it's a little overrated honestly. So here's some of the lessons that I learned from this experience. Okay. So number one is just that like carbs, I think are a little bit overrated. I don't think we need them. I don't think they're essential. Um, actually they are not essential. And this is not just me, you know, my opinion, um, that there are, uh, essential macronutrients are fat and protein. If we don't eat fat and protein, we will die as human beings. We have to eat those two things, but there's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. There's nothing, uh, from a carbohydrate that we have to eat or we will die. Like we, we can go fine. We'll be fine without eating carbohydrates. Okay. Um, do I think you should eat zero carbohydrates? No, I don't. And honestly, I, I don't, know that I had any big, amazing, uh, changes by trying this experiment. I just wanted to see, is this even possible? Okay. So my biggest lesson learned is just like the carbs are a little overrated. If you're a, a fat adapted runner, which I am, and you can get there too, and you don't have to do zero carbs to get there by the way. But if you're a fat adapted runner, you can run just fine. You can do all kinds of amazing things and even run a hard and fast marathon without them. Okay. Another lesson learned specificity of training is very important. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do this again. Um, well, I'm going to train for another marathon in the fall. I've got another marathon coming up in the fall and I'm going to take a different approach to that one. I'm not going to do this carnivore thing like I did. 
for this, but I'm gonna more. I'll talk more about that later, another day. But I'll I'll, I'll definitely be changing my training plan. I'm definitely going to train differently for that one because I do want to hit a time goal for that one. So I'm gonna. Um, uh, my my big lesson learned around this is like set your goal early. And then base all your training around that goal. So if you want to run a four-hour marathon, train from day one to run a four-hour marathon. That means you're going to have to do the speed work. That means you're going to have to do the, the long runs, those tempo runs. You're going to have to do the, the, those uh, goal-paced runs, you know, which I didn't do. Okay. Um, another lesson learned is that um, there is a lot of truth to the carnivore diet being healthy and being effective. And, um, and being just fine, like you can do just fine eating carnivore diet. Like I, I don't think there's any, anything wrong with it necessarily, okay? I think it's a, a diet that humans have been eating for literally millions of years. And I think we've evolved eating a, a lot of uh, animals and animal-based product, uh, foods. So I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's bad, okay? And um, you can even um, train for a marathon and run a successful marathon without eating plants and carbs and things like that, okay? Now, here's one big lesson. I'll just tell you, like, I didn't see amazing results. I didn't really see big changes to my energy levels uh, or how I felt or, you know, sleeping better or overall feeling better. I would say that I felt about the same as eating a relatively low carbohydrate diet. So for me, there wasn't that big of a change, honestly. Um, and my original plan was to just do this for about 30 days and, uh, and get through that marathon, but I felt good. And so I kept it going for, I did something like 40 days of this and it felt great, you know, but not, not a big difference from where I was before that. Okay. So since then, since the marathon, I've, gone back to eating some carbs and eating my big salad every night. You know why? Because I love it. I love it. Um, so I'm back to doing probably, I don't know, 30 to 40 grams of carbs a day in the form of like some, some veggies, avocados and things like that. I miss my avocados. Um, and I'll report back to you in, in, in a few weeks and see if there's anything big that I noticed that changes. But so far, uh, after almost a week, like nothing's really different. No significant changes. Everything is still functioning beautifully. Okay. So is this something I would recommend? Like, should you do this? Like, honestly, I don't recommend one way of eating or one diet over another. Um, other than I do suggest that most of us who are overweight can probably benefit from eating a lower carbohydrate diet. So most people are somewhat carbohydrate intolerant, meaning that they most people can't handle carbs very well. And when they eat a lot of carbs, they tend to gain a lot of weight. And I think most people can dramatically improve their health um, by ditching the problematic carbohydrates. Okay. But other than that, like I don't recommend anybody do plant-based or vegetarian or carnivore or whatever it is, you know, pescatarian. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You got to try stuff and see what works for you. I'm doing this because I'm just curious. I'm a curious person. I'm always learning and always curious and open to different things. You know, um, if I was working with someone who was a one-on-one -on -one client and they were having trouble 
losing weight and you know maybe they were the weight was just not moving at all or they were dealing with like chronic constipation or something like that i might suggest trying a, a carnivore approach for a few weeks to see if things change you know like i might suggest that for somebody that i was working with um and we would have to talk about exactly how you would do that and what that would look like and um you know but here's the thing we are all an experiment of one what works for this person over here may not work for you. What works for me may not work for, for someone over there. I didn't see dramatic improvements in my health and well-being on a carnivore diet, right? It wasn't bad. It just wasn't much different from what I was doing before. If you prefer to get fuel from plants, if you pr prefer a high-carbohydrate diet and this works really well for you for running and for your health and for how you feel, that is amazing. That is awesome. Do you? Absolutely. Right? If you want if you're a vegan because of like, you know, religious reasons or, you know, uh, moral issues with animals and whatever, uh, you don't don't do this. Like it's I I support that. I absolutely support that. Everybody's different. Do what works for you. You know, I'm not opposed to plant-based diet. I did it for like 10 years and it just wasn't it wasn't the right diet for me. It wasn't the best diet for me. I feel so much better eating more of a, a, an omnivorous diet. Um, but if you, if if trying something like this appeals to you and you want to give it a shot, try it and see how it goes. Can't hurt. Can't hurt. So I'm always open to trying things for myself. I'm always kind of pushing the envelope a little bit to see like what can I do? What can I can I improve my health? You know. Will this help to improve my health? Will it make me healthy? Will it make me stronger? Will it make me, will it give me more energy? Will it improve my sports performance? I'm always trying stuff like this, okay? So one of the points I want to make here is that I wanted to show you and show myself, but I really wanted to show you that we really don't need carbs to function optimally, right? We don't need carbs to run a marathon. We can do just fine without them, okay? Not saying you should, but I'm just saying we can do fine without them, okay? Listen, I love being a fat-adapted runner. I love the feeling of running a marathon and running it hard and relatively fast for me without having to worry about bonking, without having to worry about hitting the wall at mile 18 or 19, which I've done so many times. I love the all-day energy. I love the clarity of mind that I get from eating uh, a low carb diet. I love being fat adapted runner. The, the foods that I eat is very satisfying and very delicious and very satiating, right? I'm not hungry all day long. I don't have afternoon crashes. I'm not thinking about food all the time. So I love this whole lifestyle. Um, all these things are, are amazing and, and really um, eating uh, this way, that I'm that I am now just being a kind of ditching the the problematic carbs and being more of a low carb runner and being fat adapted. Um, this is this works really well for me and I feel really good eating this way, right? Um, and I can still be very fat adapted. I don't have to go strict carnivore. I don't have to go zero carbs. I can still eat my big salad and enjoy it. All right, so that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope you you pulled some some little nuggets out of this today. And if you uh, got something out of it, please consider sharing it with a friend. I would so appreciate that. Love you all. Keep on running lean, and I'll talk to you soon.
If you're a runner and you've been struggling to lose weight, or you keep losing and gaining the same 10 pounds over and over again, or you're finally ready to get to your natural weight and stay there for good this time, then I have something you will love. I've created a powerful new training just for you called Running Lean for Life. You'll learn exactly how to transform yourself into a lean, fat-burning running machine so you can run without bonking, lose weight without calorie counting, and develop the habits required to make it last for life. To get this free training right now, go to runningleanpodcast.com forward slash lean for life and start your transformation today. 